Hello and welcome to the Dissociated Press. My name is David Fears. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Kristen, who was diagnosed with bipolar 2, as well as fibromyalgia. So uh, let's just jump right into the interview, shall we? Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm good. Okay, so I've never done Skype before, so this is all very new. Thank okay. you for sending that link. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I really appreciate you being my first guest, uh, or my first guest that I've never actually met in person. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> Yay! So let me ask you, are we going to actually record today, or are you just kind of checking in first and interviewing uh, me before? No, I'm, I'm recording right now. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, so if you want to, you can just start by, you know, introducing yourself. Uh, you can use a pseudonym if you like, or, you know, um, uh, you know, if you're, you don't have to use your last name or any of that stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. You can tell us your name, you know, who you are and what your diagnosis is. Okay. Well, uh, before we start, happy belated birthday. Oh. I did check out your, um, you know, your, your, Every, what we're doing now so yeah, yeah i picked out your podcast and very impressed very um uh relatable so thank you and awesome. i think that seems to be part of why you're doing it so i definitely um appreciate that so anyway happy belated birthday thank you yeah the goal my goal in doing this was to you know help as many people as possible you know right. that, that might be struggling with something similar uh, there's a lot of people that still don't have health care in this country uh, and you, you know and if you're if you have a diagnosis like mine therapy is important medication is important you know um, uh, to, to just staying alive yeah and you know and real the realization that some people have had bad experiences with therapists and don't necessarily trust that you know to you know to be a a source of uh you know anything really i actually have somebody that's really close to me that doesn't trust therapists at all because of one bad experience you right. know and um and it's it's sad <laughs> you know it's sad and, and a little bit tragic you know and you can kind of replace the the word therapist in my opinion you can replace the word therapist with like people of color or you know any other type of you know uh you know a social class or you know gen even gender you know um yeah and and it it makes it sound it, it you know a little prejudice you know prejudicial um, right but uh i mean this is what has kept me alive you know so <laughs> and these are like the techniques that that I've learned, you know, through doing like DBT, um, uh, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, grounding uh, techniques, different mm -hmm. breathing exercises to calm myself down, even going on a, a walk like I was doing that, you know, when I was having my manic episode the other night, you know, um, those are all things that 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 they actually work <laughs> you know yes, if you're willing to even do. try yeah absolutely they do and it's so relatable to hear all of the things that you're talking about i'm um so I'll, I'll backtrack just a second and just say my name is Kristen and my diagnoses. So I um, I'm bipolar two, um, depression, uh, anxiety. I have fibromyalgia and I have Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid condition. Mm -hmm. um, fibro uh, affects me as far as pain, overall joint pain, um, basically every every major joint, mostly in my wrists. Um, and elbows, um, and I have a lot of like chronic back pain. Um, so that's kind of me in a nutshell, um, as far as my diagnosis. Um, but, and I'm gonna say I'm a lot, that's just fine. as a heads up. <laughs> I'll try not. Um, but yeah, I finally found the right therapist, and so I'm actually doing CB, the cognitive behavioral therapy doing the grounding techniques doing you know all these different things that you're talking about and and that's what i've found as well is just the a world of difference when you have all these tools 
that you never had before. You know, it's just adding more tools to the toolbox and the people I know in my life that, that have a, a fear of therapy or don't want to go, you know, for whatever reason, I just, it, it's so hard to relate to that because I've gotten so much out of it. And I think it, it, you know, you have to find the right one. You have to mesh with that person. Um, but if you just keep at it, there's somebody out there that can help. And, and mm-hmm. I found really good results with therapy. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, I it, it, I think I talked to probably like 10 different therapists before I found the one that I'm uh, currently with. Yeah. Uh, I I, the, I had one prior to, uh, to uh, the one that I have now. And um, she was, I, I didn't think, you know, like when I first went and met with her, I did not think that she was going to be effective you know um and uh because she was really stoic you know and i'm in minnesota so I'm land of stoicism <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know and anytime i would start to like try to joke with her because that's i uh one of my coping mechanisms is humor oh um, same yeah, yeah you know i i, I want people to laugh i want you know i'm kind of a clown <laughs> you know so yeah and uh <laughs> and, you know she just like wasn't it was like talking to him brick wall man like it was you know, she wasn't laughing I was I, I couldn't I you know I was trying to find like common ground and it just mm-hmm. wasn't happening but she actually it was very effective uh, at, you know the longer that I saw her I was I realized what she was doing you know in that first session she was she was seeing my humor as a deflection right and was like let you have one hour talk about what's talk about what's really the issue here mm-hmm. you know and man i really appreciated that you know like it actually really helped it was really helpful to me um right. but it you know in the beginning i was like no i don't know um, right. she eventually took a position at that company at that company that as a ceo or like the coo or something and mm-hmm. then she had to you know uh, get rid of all of her clients because she couldn't see clients as oh, the, that's a bummer. It, but so. you know what? It actually it, it actually turned out really good. That's a role that she was really good at, and um, oh. and I uh, and then she of course made you know the recommendation for me to see Teresa, and uh, and Teresa and I've had just an awesome <laughs> like I've never had a therapist tell me that I'm like one of their favorite people. <laughs> you Aww, know, and she awesome. does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't give me the glow up every time. She's right. really good at holding me accountable and stuff. But she just, mm-hmm. um, she really likes the way that I, you know, like in our sessions, I, you know, I kind of work through things, you know. Right. Um, and uh, she even asked me uh, last, uh, or you know, at our, our session last week. She asked if I would be okay with having an intern sit in on our telehealth oh. meetings because everything's done, you know, telehealth now. Sure. And um, and uh, she, and I was like, yeah, no, I have no problem doing that at all. You know, um, I I encourage it actually. You know, let's help. You know, let her sit in. Let her see how this works. And right. You know. Um, it's I, just another way to kind of help somebody who may have a patient like you in the future or, you know, mm-hmm. may have a gain a better understanding through listening in and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually had a similar thing. I guess when when I was in treatment uh, five years ago, I went to I went and um, I went to detox because I was really strung out on drugs mm-hmm. and uh, I spent three days in detox. None of my friends or roommates knew where I was. I just disappeared. These guys had found me on the side of the road. I had a broken rib. I was like, I was in like extreme psychosis. And they asked me if I wanted to get clean because they would give me a ride to the the treatment center. And I said, Mm -hmm. yes. And they gave me a ride to the treatment center. Um, And this was a guy that had just gotten out of there like a a month or two prior, you know? Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, and he, and uh, yeah, so I, I was in detox for three days. Um, I got out. I'm like, oh, you know, they didn't have a bed in treatment, so they released me. Uh, they were like, well, we'll have a bed for you next week. 
you know, can you make it that long? And I'm like, oh, sure. You know, I just did four days sober. So, <laughs> and I, I made it 28 hours before I was, you know, smoking, you know, meth off of a freaking piece of tinfoil. You know? Right. And, uh, I never in my life thought I would ever get that addicted to drugs. You know, like, and, um, and that's not even something that I did as a teenager. Like I've been doing, mm -hmm. I've been self-medicating my entire life, you know, and, and, uh, it wasn't until I moved up to the, you know, where I am now, uh, where meth is just kind of like a, a rampant thing up here, you know, <laughs> and that I, you know, that I really used it for the first time and just mm -hmm. eventually got to the point where I was living in the trap house and, <laughs> you know, like, uh. and like I said, that's where I, that's, that's where I left and no, nobody knew where I went. And, you know, these are all people that I've known. And one of the guys, actually one of the guy that I was living with was somebody that I was in a treatment program with, uh, you know, years prior, um, mm -hmm. that, you know, we've just known each other. We actually met in jail, <laughs> you know, and then oh, ended wow. up in this same, a year year long faith based treatment facility and it was uh it's very cult like it's you know it intense yeah it um it was it was like 6 weeks of uh in the beginning it's like they they did like 6 weeks of drug rehabilitation and then uh -huh. everything else was you know like bible based stuff Oof. and uh i i actually got the chance to go back and speak a year later um and, and I was just, and I told him, I said, you know, this is, you, this is not how people deal with addictions in the mm -hmm. real world. You, Good for you. when you, when you, like most people have to deal with their addictions, going to like an outpatient treatment while mm -hmm. they're working a full-time job, supporting their family, you know, raising their kids, <laughs> you know, right. and, and I was like, this place, I was like, the one thing that makes this place successful you know, the isolation from the real world is the one thing that makes it, you know, is the exact same thing that makes it super destructive. Because once you get out of that bubble, you know, yeah. of protection, you know, reality bites you in the ass, disappointment Absolutely. comes along, you know, and as an addict, you can use any, any excuse is a good excuse to use, you know? Right. So, yeah. you know, me not being able to see my kids on Father's Day was what, was what happened, you know, led me mm -hmm. to drinking in the bushes outside of my house because I could have been drinking in the house, you know, but uh, decided to drink in the bushes instead. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that was the catalyst that got you into the rehab? Um, actually, no, that was, that was after. Uh, oh, that, that was, was after, after okay. 13 months. I'd spent 13 months sober in this wow. place. And it took about uh, two weeks before I relapsed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like you said, you're in this bubble and yeah. once you get into the real world and those tools and those people aren't there, it's hard to, uh, I mean, I haven't experienced, um, you know, drug addiction or rehab, but, you know, certainly have my own um, way of self-medicating. But yeah, that bubble, I, I have friends that have dealt with that bubble. Yeah. That's a hard thing. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I have, you can make a, a, a complete list of bad coping mechanisms and I have all of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, I, and I don't know if you got the chance to listen to the episode I recorded with my sister, which is how we I met. Did. Yeah, uh, or the, who gave us the connection, my sister. Uh, but uh, we talk about that, like food for both of us is a, it, you know, is, is an unhealthy coping mechanism. Right. And, um, you know, she just went through uh, uh, a weight loss surgery or like a, you know, like a bariatric thing. Uh, well, you know. I know that because I talked to her about mine because food okay. is my coping mechanism as well. And I just went through a weight loss surgery um, just in November and she was my go-to person for advice. So yes, yeah, which Good. was great. Yeah, I know, that is great. Actually, I'm, I am really proud of, you know, like uh, all the things that she's accomplished, <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, even, even concerning that, cause she really gave it a hundred percent, you know, right. she did all the stuff. She did all the liquid diets and all the mm -hmm. junk, didn't cheat, you know, um, yeah. 
and uh, it's hard. Yeah, my and uh, yeah, no, I. Oh, it sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like when you actually are looking forward to eating pureed food, you know that that's like a problem. You know it's hard. Oh yeah. Because you're sick of the liquids. Yeah, I was so excited about pureed food. I, I just I never thought I'd say that statement out loud. But um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting because I think people think something like that is a quick fix and it, it's very much the opposite. It's just as hard as, you know, doing something um, quote unquote naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like we were talking, it's just another tool that yeah. you use. Yeah, I, I, you know, I also have a weight issue, you know, um, currently bouncing around 260 right now. Uh, you know, at my heaviest, I think I was 320. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and I was still, you know, at that, in that, at that point, I was still like, you know, I was working full time. I was on my feet all day and it's like, man, how am I just, you know, just keep putting all this weight on, you know? Um, right. you know, like you'd think that you would burn it off, but you know, there, and just, uh, subtle changes to my diet, you know, mm-hmm. really helped me just lose quite a bit of weight, you know, like, uh, getting rid of the sodas, getting rid of, you know, um, yeah. Well, I want to stop you for one second because you're in the Midwest now. I'm originally from Wisconsin, so it's actually Mm. officially pop, not soda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm confusing. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, I, I started drinking a lot more water, you know, uh, cut out a lot of dairy. I mean, I still eat cheese, you know, like as... It, which is not necessarily good. I think it has, I think it might actually have a, like a, an, you know, like a, a molecule in there called cortisol or something that, that, right. that reacts with, uh, that basically keeps your body, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure on this. I'm not a dietitian, but mm-hmm. I think it, uh, pro, you know, or like, uh, inhibits the growth of, uh, or, you know, your body to make testosterone you know, if you're a male, you know, so then it's just like, well, you get, you know, you get these love handles that don't go away, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's people that, there's people that work out in the gym every day and they just can't seem to lose that stuff, you know? Right. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know what causes it, but it's, you know, and, and not everybody, you know, actually, uh, one of the things I was, I was, uh, uh, talking to a friend of mine yesterday and she's also a Capricorn. Her birthday's in a couple of days here. She's, uh, I call her my other M because, you know, my sister's name is Emily and she's like my sister up here. So, (laughs) and, uh, and I was talking to her and she has, she also has a chronic illness. She has lupus. Um, and, uh, and like, so we will be doing an episode together at some point. Uh, uh, we talked about that last night. Yeah. Um, but you know, as you know, being that we're both Capricorns, I, you know, I told her, I said, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of, I read in this book that the best exercise for a Capricorn is to just take long walks. Oh, you that's know? cool. Not yeah. like, not like super excessive, you know, weightlifting and all that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to take long walks, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you know, get you, get you, get you moving. You know, maybe we'll right. do, maybe we'll record our episode when we're walking together. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Yeah. That's yeah. a great idea. And I, I do like that you're doing the podcast while you're walking. It's very, um, it's very raw. It's very real. It's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I did just last night, got a message from my med management guy. And uh, since being back on lithium, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, they started me out at 300, you know, and then they increased it to 600 and it just stayed at 600 for this for months. And I was like, I had messaged him and I'm like, I, I really feel like I need to be back on 900 because that's what I, I have on when I was on 900 or after I got out of treatment, you know, five years ago, I, uh, I had, um, like, uh, you know, I, I went to the hospital, I got put on lithium, I got properly diagnosed while I was in the hospital, which is a huge thing, you know, yeah, Yeah. and, uh, and they put me on lithium and my desire to use my cravings Mm -hmm. went away almost immediately. 
After, oh, as soon amazing. as the lithium started working, I think it took a few days before it started working. Um, went from there directly to treatment, you know, um, and uh, spent 30 days inpatient, you know, treatment. And, um, and while I was there, I was still smoking cigarettes, which I had been smoking for 20 something years at this point, you know. And, uh, um, and a lot of it was due to stress you know, uh, like the stress of just being in there and having to deal with all this. And this was my, my, my third time in treatment, actually. Um, the third treatment that I, that I'd gone to and the other two didn't work because I wasn't, I wasn't being completely honest with, uh, you know, with uh, the issues that got me there, you know, as far right. as like with yourself, really. childhood trauma, imagine. you know, being abused as a kid, uh, multiple right. times you know, being groomed, all that stuff, you know, yeah. um, like I never really addressed that in the other treatments that I had gone to. And I, uh, I, uh, kind of shocked everybody. Like my, my, you know, like I got in there, they processed me in like the afternoon. Uh, and you know, in the evening, there really wasn't much going on. So the next day at eight o'clock in the morning, we're all sitting in this, you know, in the common room. And the guy that was in my, you know, that was like, yeah, there's four guys in my room. It was me and three other guys. And uh, one of them was like, man, you were like, you were like screaming. I, I, I have a CPAP machine, you know, so I it kind of, too. it muffled, it, you know, yeah. so it kind of muffled the screams, but he was like, man, you were like screaming in your sleep last night. Oh, wow. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's because I don't have anything to uh, stop me from dreaming anymore. And oh. so when I go to sleep, dead people are trying to fuck me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, and like yeah. everybody was just like, oh, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Are we not ready for that level of honesty yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry to be crude, everyone. But that's the reason why it says explicit on the, you know, <laughs> the podcast, because I, I don't really have a filter. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. But yeah, that, I, you know, and I was very successful after that treatment because of dealing with the big issues. Right. While, while I was in there, the treatment center sits right next to the, you know, like the, the healthcare place, you know, that uh, it's actually owned by the same company. And so they would let me leave treatment and just walk over to the next building and go to like a therapy session. And at that point they had me on a, um, basically if anybody canceled, I got to go. So sometimes it meant I went every day or twice a day, you know, oh, wow. cause they were like, dude, you're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, upon my graduation, you know, like from there a month later, um, the guy that actually did my intake, he was like, man, the change is just, it's, it's unbelievable. He said, when wow. I did your intake, you were nuttier than a fucking squirrel turd, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he was like, I actually think you have a chance, you know, you, wow. like, um, and, uh, you know, eventually, and, yeah. And I went to, then I went to a dual diagnosis place, uh, <laughs> that's in the same town, also owned by the same company. You know, and um, just a few blocks away, and uh, I was there for about two months, and um, you know, working at you know, and that's where we have like a DBT class and all these different <laughs> kinds of classes every day. Uh, but there was a lot more freedom, you know. Right. I I remember like going to um, uh, the you know the the people the staff members that were working because I had a doctor's appointment that morning. Like the, the morning after I got there. And so I walked up to him and I said, so I have a doctor's appointment. Is somebody going to take me? And he was like, well, where is it? And I'm like, it's, you know, it's just at the clinic up the road. And he's like, can't you just walk? And I was oh. like, oh, yeah. I, oh, okay. Yeah. I can, I can just go by myself. You know, <laughs> like I was, yeah. and it was still, it was still impatient, but you had all those freedoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the you know, and of course the uh, accessibility to the classes and stuff that they mm -hmm. that they taught inside, you know, and and they still have rules that you had to you know abide by, um, right. and uh, 
you know, it's like, and you couldn't be out after like a certain time and, you know, but uh, it, it was, it was really helpful it, to, just to having that little bit of freedom. I was mm -hmm. able to quit smoking like right after that and oh, that's had, great. yeah, after, you know, a pack a day for 20, a pack a day or more for 20 days, for 20 years, like yeah. just having that little bit of freedom was like, oh, I don't have this. And by that time, the lithium was really working. And they, you know, and I just didn't have a, a desire or craving to smoke anymore. That's um, great. Um, I, uh, I actually went through hypnosis and I, I heard you talking on, on the podcast with Emily about hypnosis, somebody in your yeah. life doing that. And I, I had a very similar experience in which I just, I had a pack of cigarettes on the seat of the car next to me and went in for one hypnosis session and gave that pack away to a friend afterwards i had no desire after that um which was fantastic so it's been eight or nine years now so wow. congratulations yeah. that's huge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately i made it you know four years because well when the you know the uh uh i guess the COVID stuff kind of kicked in and uh you know the you know the 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 quarantine and the you know quarantine in place and shut down everything was shut down and i live in a small town and yeah. uh you know so the actually the the pharmacy that i get my meds from was closed and then you know for like what for the quarant you know and i thought it was going to be closed the whole time i'm like where am i going to get my meds and i'm like well and i was out you know i'm like and i'm mm -hmm. like well let's let's just do an experiment you know because i'm so full of good ideas you know that i thought you know well maybe i don't need it anymore you know and i also had people at a church that i used to go to tell me stuff like that like oh you mm. won't need that you know god will heal you well guess um, what bro <laughs> you know, he didn't he didn't and this is something that i need to stay alive you know um yeah so uh, the chemical imbalance and yeah. medication is necessary yeah yeah um and uh, that uh, that was super destructive. I can't believe anybody would ever tell somebody that's like yeah. on, a, on a medication that they actually need to, oh, you don't need that, Jesus will heal you. You know, uh, dude, <laughs> like, you know, so it's like they planted that seed in my head and then I had like, you know, and then when I couldn't get my medication, I'm like, well, maybe I am healed, you know? Cause right. you know, it's been four years. I, you know, I haven't relapsed. I've been okay. Maybe I don't need it anymore. And mm -hmm. I stopped taking it. But I, you know, I, I uh, you know, I talked to my, my friend Dana. I was video chatting with her every day. You know, I'm like, if you see me starting to act weird, and I'm like, and you already know my, you know, the bar level of my weirdness is fucking max. It's like at 11, you know, <laughs> like if you see me doing something really out of character, call me on it. I'll get back right. on the medication, you know? Right. But after four years of being on this medication, my levels were at a place where it it took, you know, quite some time for, you know, for the for the lithium to get out of my system. Right, and then, sure. And then it's like, once those levels dropped low enough, then I started smoking again. Then I started mm -hmm. self-medicating, you know, because uh, also with the stress of, you know, just being quarantined, being alone during quarantine, you know, it was, yeah, it was really stressful. And, um, you know, it eventually got to the point where I was, uh, had taken a trip with my, with my girlfriend and her mother, uh, to go see the grandbabies, uh, mm -hmm. down in the twin cities. And, um, on my scheduled weekend off, I'd worked at this company for a year and my schedule had never changed. And I went down on my scheduled weekend off and, um, and I was with somebody, I was riding with somebody because I don't have a license, I don't have a car. So I'm 400 miles away and I get a text message, hey, why aren't you at work? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what? What? And that was enough of a trigger to, you know, to, to make me just start the wheels spinning, you know, like sure. in my head, just, I, it was like, I couldn't, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know how to do, you know, it's like, what do we do? I do I right. can't there's nothing I can do I can't get to work uh you know because we agreed to take the the kids while you know the mom was at work and, mm -hmm. and and all that stuff and you know so um 
and eventually got fired. And, um, oh. and, and, and I was in the union, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. I was paying union dues and I got fired for missing a day that was penciled in on the schedule, but they never told me that they did that. It hadn't been updated on the website. You know, we had a, a, a company app uh, on the phone that you could use to check your schedule online. They didn't update that, you know, oh, oh. and I started dissociating really hard. Uh, mm -hmm. And, it, you know, back to feeling like I wasn't in my body, that something else was, you know, just, uh, you know, just a passenger over here, somebody else's. Mm -hmm. It was really, a really odd thing. And I just kind of had to suffer through it. And I didn't want to freak anybody out. So I didn't really say anything. Uh, but when I got, when we got back home that Monday, uh, I made the decision to go into a crisis center and get back on my meds. And, oh wow! Yeah, and I think it was actually the I think it was the fifteenth anniversary of my mom's death. <laughs> you know, so it was yeah when I made that decision to go. I'm like, I need to go get help. My girlfriend was really super supportive, you know, um, and uh, you know she's amazing, you know. But uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I'm still smoking. You know, I, you know, I had a, a couple months where I didn't, but then I started again, you know, mm -hmm. and, it, and a lot of that is just because of my, you know, the levels weren't where they should be. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it was, it's been a, it's been a heck of a year. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and not to bring it, you know, back to me or anything like that, but it's weird because this year, although it's been 2020, I should say last year, yeah. um, was a horrible year for most people because of everything that happened, the pandemic and the political climate and everything, mm -hmm. um, racial climate, racial, you know, everything. But as far as my recovery and, and me, this has probably been the most stable I've been. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been able to do a lot of self-care because I am not working right now. I actually am on disability because of my issues um, and the things, you know, with the both physical and mental health. Um, so I feel like I've got this time to actually take care of myself and and do the things that when I was working I couldn't really do all these self-care things I'm trying yoga I'm trying you know I'm doing meditation I'm um, affirmations in the morning things like that gratitude journal you know all these yeah. different tools um, and and so it's it's been this weird dichotomy of a year because you know I don't want to tell too many people well I'm kind of thriving yeah <laughs> um, when everybody else is kind of going to shit um, but on the other side I need to you know kind of own that and say okay it's it's okay that you're having an okay year you know this is believe me it's it's been bad you know previous like about four years ago I had um, basically just kind of breakdown with you know was living with an ex um or living with my now ex um bad relationship my job was not secure um because we had gotten bought out by another company and you know all these different stressors were going on and and i just i couldn't take it and i ended up not inpatient but i ended up in an outpatient program mm -hmm. which was my saving grace so i can definitely understand those those programs that um teach you those tools you know they kind of start in that crisis mode they teach you some tools and then you go off and do therapy you know for the long term and and that's kind of what my experience was you know recently and in in the last few years at least um but i've been misdiagnosed as well and i i heard you kind of mention that I don't know if it was in our discussion now or if it was the other podcast, but um, it's it's really easy to not get the proper diagnosis. And I, I had that with both my mental health and with my physical health. I was misdiagnosed um, with a different um, ailment instead of fibromyalgia. Um, and they put me on certain meds that were involved and, and I didn't need to be on like biologics. They actually had diagnosed me with psoriatic arthritis um, and put me on like cancer meds and all this craziness. So 
um, I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent here, no, but um, I, I think that, you know, again, those tools and, and everything that we get from the professionals that are legit professionals are, are just so important. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I was actually really disappointed in how uh, the, you know, like this uh, church that I used to go to, like, it, it viewed, uh, you know, uh, psychiatry, psychology, things like that, uh, you know, because it, it was, they, you know, they had that religious spin on it. And actually, yeah. there were, um, there was, when my insurance changed, you know, like, uh, I, the, to my, the, the therapist I have now and back then, uh, we, uh, she was no longer a provider of the insurance that I carried. Oh. <laughs> so it wasn't covered. So I had to stop seeing her. And, uh, oh. and you know, I, my pastor agreed to meet with me weekly, you know, <laughs> for counseling, you know, pastoral counseling. And, right. uh, you know, I, I, I did pretty well with that, you know, cause it's just, it was just another, outlet for me uh, you know but then there was like kind of like a weird you know thing at the end she's like okay well pray now <laughs> and I'm like I never felt comfortable praying ever <laughs> you know I was just like I'm like this is what is this supposed to do you know I'm like I don't even know if I'm doing this right or you know <laughs> kind of thing you know um but it's you know I, I had that that's the, that desire to belong to something you know so I was and you know, Emily and I were both both kind of born into a cult, <laughs> so uh, yeah. That um, so it's it, familiar. In yeah, a way. so it's familiar, and it's like I feel right. accepted here, but right. at the same time, I didn't. You know, like I, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, it's like they knew I lived alone in Eveleth. Everybody knew that I lived alone. I didn't have transportation, and I would see all these people that I went to church with, like going out and doing all these awesome things, you know, like playing disc golf or whatever. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, you know, did they just, you know, it's like, almost like they just kind of, you know, they accepted me on a tolerance level, you know, but that I was never really one of them. And, um, you know, and, uh, so and, and 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 I really and I do care about those people. I really love them, you know. Right. But uh, I'm I'm also at the same time very glad that I left because mm -hmm. they are doubling down right now, even mm -hmm. after all the stuff at the Capitol, you know. Oh right. And it's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. like that's yeah. No, you, you can't get on the side of, you know, I'm like, if, like, if you draw a line in the sand and then you have one group on one side and one group on the other, and then the one group has like flags with swastikas and, you know, and shit on them, no, you probably don't want to be on that side. Connect to them, yeah. You know, right. but, you know, but like I said, they're, you know, it's, uh, you know, I still care about them. There's still people yeah. that, I, that I genuinely care about. I just can't be part of that anymore, you sure. know? Um, and so that part of this is finding my own tribe, I think, you know, um, like, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I am grateful for the two years that, you know, that I did get to meet with her and stuff because mm -hmm. it did help. It did help me stay sober, you know, um, um yeah, that, you, you know, being part of that, you know, uh, helped, helped me stay sober, even though it wasn't, you know, exactly what I needed, <laughs> you know, um, when I, went back to, or when I checked into the crisis center and then had to do another uh, diagnostic assessment, you know, with this company, because I hadn't been treated there for over two years. Um, the guy that did my diagnostic assessment, he said, oh, well, yeah, Teresa's still, she's still practicing. She's just at another company. You want me to track her down? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and um, she already had a full caseload wasn't taking on any new clients and uh, had, and when um, the uh, office administrator, you know, uh, like had said, hey, uh, this guy wants to start seeing you again. He was one of your old clients. And, uh, you know, and she goes, well, who is it? And she goes, oh, it's, you know, it's David, you know? And, and she's, she was like, yes, 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 yes. I will take Aww. him. And, you know, and she was like, wait a minute. 
She goes, they, you know, they were like, wait, you, you said no to the last five people that tracked you down and wanted to start seeing you again, but this Aww. guy you'll take? And she was like, absolutely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, she's That's great. Awesome. Yeah, she's great. You know, um, but, and I have made so much progress you know mm -hmm. since being back with her just she's so helpful and you know people are human sometimes you know they, they might suggest something that that isn't a good fit for you you know right. uh in regards to you know just you know and maybe you know telling somebody to take walks if they're you know if they're mobility limited or you know non-ambulatory it's not not helpful right. but you know it's, it's not and that's that's just a very vague thing you know mm -hmm. like it's not what happened. She, see, she, she did suggest that I try a certain medic, you know, like, well, you might be good on this, you know, uh, because of the trauma stuff, because of the, and, you know, so I tried it and it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit, but I don't fault her for that. <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, it just personally for me, you know, it, it didn't help it. It, uh, it, it actually had a, a negative effect as far as like you know uh, kicking in my anxiety a little bit more you know I've had that too I think you know everybody there's no one drug that works for everybody and if it would be so much nicer and easier if there was but you know we all respond so differently to meds that yeah. you know it's by trial and error really mm -hmm. yeah I mean thankfully I didn't have to be hospitalized or anything yeah. like that because I did I, I you know um, my, you know, unfortunately, my ex-wife did have to be hospitalized at one point just for observation for over like the weekend or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. You know, because she had a bad reaction that to a medication that she was put on by her doctor. You know, right. and uh, you know, and 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 also at my, uh, if you know, I would like to maybe steer the conversation a bit towards fibromyalgia because she also has that diagnosis. Oh, okay. Um, she's also had a, a, a weight loss surgery. Uh, okay. She got a, a um, you know, I guess a, a laparoscopic surgery that, you know, mm -hmm. and it wasn't the band, it was the other one where they actually just make your stomach very small, <laughs> you know. Um, and maybe you're saying the gastric sleeve yeah the, yeah it wasn't yeah. the gastric yep. sleeve it was a gastric bypass i think is what she oh called. bypass okay and gotcha. um and i don't think that they properly you know it seemed kind of rushed i don't you know i uh i don't think that uh it, it seems like they're doing a lot better now preparing people for that um you know uh than, than they were back when she had it uh, right. But when, you know, like with the fibromyalgia, it was, I, at first I, I'm like, there's no way this is real, <laughs> you know, right. like this is some made up white girl disease, you know, right. the, because they just don't want to do anything. And like, and oh my God, did I feel like the biggest dick on the planet? Yeah. Uh, I actually, um, she used to wear um, earmuffs, like fuzzy earmuffs in the house. Oh, it, wow. It's like a sensory thing, you know, uh -huh. and uh, and I'm like, what? What are you doing? You know, like this is you know really odd, you know. But she's always wearing like these fuzzy earmuffs inside the house, you know. I'm wow. like, are your ears cold? And she's like, no, I just have to wear them. And I yeah. read this article that this lady wrote, uh, or like a blog post or something that this lady wrote that also had fibro, mm -hmm. and she was talking about the need to wear these fuzzy earmuffs you know and I'm like oh my gosh I'm like that's yeah no it was kind of a and maybe it's a northern thing I don't know yeah. <laughs> but I was just like I but that that was just the that was just the thing that that made me go oh shit you know yeah. I've been such an asshole you know um <laughs> Yeah, and just it's, not believing her. Oh, I feel terrible. Well, it's hard because there's a lot of doctors that don't believe it's real. And that's the reason I was misdiagnosed because the rheumatologist I had didn't believe that it was a real disorder. Mm -hmm. um, it's not an autoimmune, so there's no test for it officially. Um, although I've heard that there's a company in California that does do a test. It's FM. Um, I think it's actually called like the FM and it tests. 
um, but uh, you know, it's it's based on if your insurance covers it and things like that, or you yeah. have to pay cash. I mean, it's hard to get that test, but. Um, yeah, I mean, even the medical community doesn't think it's real or or many in the medical community still don't believe it. And, you know, when you have to justify, well, no, I, I hurt all the time. I know I, I am tired all the time and I can't type and I've had surgery for carpal tunnel and it didn't help. So, you know, what what can we do next? And, you know, when they don't believe you, it's it's a really frustrating feeling when you know the the medical community is just kind of like oh well you don't fit in this box so i'm i'm kind of done with you i've had many doctors say i don't know what else to do for you mm -hmm. um before i was diagnosed which is incredibly frustrating um and and then yeah once i got the diagnosis it was kind of like this aha moment of, of okay this lines up this really makes sense um you know i've got these 18 points of tender points that they say is part of the diagnosis and um you know i i had the the tiredness and you know all the other issues that come with it the depression the anxiety um you know i mean there's just so many sub comorbidities that go with it that i had it was kind of like why didn't somebody line that up originally you know um so you know you're kind of mourning those lost years of i could have been feeling better um but then on the other side it's not like there's really a cure for it either and and it really does involve a lot of self-care i had a rheumatologist that said take turmeric and that's all you can do um but there's more that you can do there there are medications that are actually antidepressants that have proven to help um you know, with some of the pain. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not on those because of the other ones that I'm on for my bipolar. So I don't really have that going for me, but there are options there, which is good. Um, but it's, you know, it's still, I want to say it's still new in a way with the medical community, but um, it, it's just still being accepted you know yeah. so I, yeah. yeah so i definitely feel for your ex um wife because i i know how i mean i it, it's a very debilitating thing and then add in the mental health aspect of not feeling believed and and not feeling um heard um which is of no fault of you know anybody around i mean because it it is such an there are such odd symptoms you know like an earmuff thing or you know I've got this pain I, I can't type but I can crochet like okay. tell me how weird that sounds like I can crochet like a mo motherfucker but awesome. if I'm going to typing or if I'm writing you know things down with a pen and paper it just kills my wrist so you know there's just weird aspects to where the pain is and why it is and things like that that yeah I definitely feel for her there how is she doing now uh, she's doing much better she moved down south uh, <laughs> which uh, is was really good for her uh, because okay. the cold was excruciatingly painful you know, See, and that's, then, so and that's another thing too because some people are really heat intolerant so mm -hmm. that's another thing and, and part of the reason why it's so hard to diagnose is because there's people that are cold intolerant there's people that are heat intolerant like there's no one thing that screams fibro you know but i'm sorry go ahead yeah no i you know um i think it's interesting she actually has a, a cousin that has ms and oh. that heat like heat makes her lose her sight like oh my God. for a, like a, a, a decent amount of time, you know, like maybe a day or two. So it's like they have a sauna in their in their house, but she she can't ever get in it, you know, because she'll her vision will go. You know, um, maybe I'll be able to get her on an episode here. That would be great, you know, because it's that's another uh, illness that's really just misunderstood. Yes, um, absolutely. I have a cousin that has had MS, and I, I completely agree. I mean, it's. Luckily, they have ways to diagnosis or diagnose it. Excuse me, but um, there's so many invisible illnesses that are are so misunderstood by the medical community and the community at large. 
Yeah, I think for fibro and for MS, they still don't know. Because I've seen articles on both sides, you know, like from both viewpoints. It's like, you know, some people are like, oh, it's genetics. Uh, you know, and the other people are like, no, it's trauma related, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, you know, or whatever. Like I've seen yeah. all these, they still have no clue, <laughs> you no, know. They really don't. Yeah. No. And some people say that it's Epstein-Barr. Um, I've heard that before. Um, so I, I try and like do the math of, okay, I had mono, so I have Epstein-Barr. So it could have started when I was 18 and had mono, but I wasn't getting symptoms until I had a sinus, you know, like you try and dissect it and what did I do and, and where could it have come from? And it, you know, then in some respects you end up just driving yourself nuts and mm -hmm. you can't go down that road of, um, you know, where did it come from? Because they just, like you said, they have no idea what causes it. And, and I have heard the trauma base as well. And, and in my case, like both would make sense, Epstein-Barr or trauma, um, or a mixture, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I really appreciate you, uh, being, you know, uh, contacting me. I really do. It's awesome. I'm glad you were able to get your story out I think it has the possibility to help a lot of people you know um, yeah especially with something that's like a chronic illness where there's just no they, they still don't they still don't know where it's you know what causes it and it's often misdiagnosed you know I'm like it, having somebody tell you that you're just making it up or it's all in your head has got to be a huge you know mind fuck <laughs> it is yeah. yeah that's the best word to describe it <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, but i i do really appreciate you uh reaching out to me i hope we can be friends uh in real life now because uh you seem like a wonderful person oh thank you and same ditto i um i appreciate the opportunity to come on if you ever want me to again yeah. reach out okay um, but yeah, I'll um I'll find you on Facebook. Or well, something. you know, I just launched launched this thing yesterday, <laughs> you know, or like the night before, you know, like right. it, and I have already have like a, a, a nice list of people that want to be interviewed. <laughs> like, yeah, they're That's all like, really awesome. yeah. I yeah. mean, it's everything, and you know, it's not all chronic illness. Some of it's just like yeah. I have one friend that messaged me uh, earlier this morning, and she was like. I would love to be on your podcast. I just got out of an abusive relationship, um, oh. which is something else that, you know, I'm like, it, when you're if, if bipolar and borderline, <laughs> you know, it's like, I have a lot of history with abusive relationships. And in some of those, right. I, you know, it's like, I was the abuser, you know, or they were the abuser. We're both the abuser, you know, like, <laughs> right. you know, um, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, so I, I there's so many different angles when talking about mental health, and there's so oh. many different ways in which it affects you, um, in in codependent relationships, in abusive relationships, and you know even in well, I guess not healthy, you know, but just even in healthy relationships, there's there's that there's always that mental health aspect, you know, our mental health is so important, and I am a huge you know, hashtag stop the stigma and, um, you know, wanting to get awareness out there that, that mental health is just as important as physical health. I, I truly, truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do too. So, um, well, thank you once again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Take, yeah. Take care. Okay. You too. Bye.